Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock my name is Nigel, the gun guy, Guy Relford, 2A attorney, licensed firearms instructor, filling in for Jason Hammer. Guy, how are you? Man, I'm great. I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah. I always uh, miss Jason, but it's fun to be here in the studio with you. I want to get to this headline here in just a second. This guy, and there's a huge story, this guy in New York who saved a woman from a subway mugging. He scared off the uh, would-be attacker by firing off warning shots with his gun. I do want to get to that. That seems like you, it's you right bet. down your alley. Uh, because it's getting a lot of attention. But let's start here locally. Do you know Sean Eberhardt, the former Indiana lawmaker? Yeah, I mean, I've had him uh, here in the studio for my show. Um, He has sponsored uh, pro-Second Amendment legislation Mm. uh, while he was uh, in the Indiana General Assembly. And uh, I was very, very disappointed to, to read the news that we saw about him this week. Yeah, pled guilty to felony fraud charges. His district, by the way, was... 57, I think, Shelby County, parts of Hancock and Uh Bartholomew. So I guess he's admitting his involvement in this conspiracy to defraud the government, requested a reduced sentence to avoid the max punishment, which I think is five years in prison. Who wouldn't request that? Basically, I I don't want to, I can't get into the weeds with this, but tell me if I'm, tell me if I'm wrong on this. These two casinos wanted to move from Lake Michigan to a better location. And in in Indiana, there's like a, a transfer fee. Right. And so so federal charges say that one of the owners promised Sean, who was at the time a member of the Indiana House of Representatives, future employment, if he could get that transfer fee reduced from one hundred million dollars to 20 million. And so the FBI's got text messages, digital images of documents, call records, stuff like that. And he, I mean, no final decision on his sentence. Sentencing has been made, but like, uh, this is like a big deal. I mean, we, we, we sit here and we, we, we talk about how, how Joe Biden is, you know, peddling his name for influence, uh, or, you know, and, and accepting bribes. I mean, this is tantamount. I mean, not quite the, to the same level, but we have Indiana lawmakers making behind closed door illegal deals with casino owners. Yeah, I mean it's really disappointing to me. Uh, a lot of times, you know, I levy a lot of criticisms at, at lawmakers uh, on both sides of the aisle and um, and and you know, where they're not representing their constituents and, 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 and where there's any evidence of any kind of corruption or whatnot. I think we had to go after them. But you know, I I, I think I often say a lot of these things when people are out there saying they're all bought and paid for. You know, every one of them, you know, every one of our elected officials, whether it's Indiana General Assembly or in Congress uh, or wherever it might be, they're all corrupt. They're all bought and paid for. They're all um, just following their donors around, doing what they're paid to do. I always roll my eyes at that a little bit and say, come on, there's some really good people that, especially in in state government. This doesn't help that stigma. This does not help. (laughs) And and, and that's, you know, because this looks like um, there was, you know, an offer of compensation for him to help out with getting these casinos moved. And he's pleading guilty. 
So this this makes uh, everybody look bad, and uh, I'm just disappointed because I always considered him uh, to be a good guy. He was certainly on the right side of Second Amendment debates that we had in the Indiana General Assembly. And he was supportive of bills that you know that I was there fighting for in the General Assembly, and so I, my number one reaction to this, Nigel, I was just really yeah. disappointed. And uh, so, that, so you know Sean Eberhardt, but I, I my a bigger picture question is how do these guys think they can get away with it? Well, they yeah. think they can get away with it because maybe a bunch of people have already gotten away with it and nothing has ever happened. I'm not saying this specific instance, but other types of, uh, you know, backdoor deals and things like that, you know, all like you were mentioning, all, all these guys are corrupt. I don't know. It feels like they wouldn't do it if they didn't think they can get away with it. Oh, I, I'm sure that's true because you're looking at fe- several years in federal prison. Uh, yeah, here five in, years in, and two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Absolutely. So yeah, you're, you're not going to do it unless you think you can get away with it. You know, and and but this kind of a thing, you know, offer of future employment. I mean, my gosh, when you look at things like you know how many you know FDA officials you know approved a drug and then all of a sudden got a multi million dollar position. Um, yeah. You know, now for that, all of a sudden they're on the board. Yeah. Yeah, now they're on the board, or you know, or they're you know, director of regulatory affairs, or some such thing, and they're making millions of dollars a year, and everybody just kind of goes, oh, well, you know, that's how the system works. So I don't know. I'm not making any excuses because yeah. corruption no. is corruption, and a bribe is a bribe, and uh, it ends there. Um, but in terms of getting away with it, you know, I could I could see someone saying, well, this is just kind of par for the course. People do this all the time, and it shouldn't be that way. And I have no problem, you know, if you're taking an, an illegal compensation and exchange for doing favors to your buddies in the General Assembly. <laughs> I have no problem with you being prosecuted for that, and I hope it sends a message that this is not okay. The Twitter handle, or I'm sorry, the X handle for Guy Relford, at Guy Relford. Yep. You could also uh, find us at, at Hammer and Nigel on X and Facebook. Um, so this guy in New York that fired off the warning shots yeah. in the subway because he saw a woman getting attacked by a mugger uh, has been arrested. Uh, his name's John Rote, Queens, charged with reckless endangerment after, you know, he scared off this mugger with gunshots. No one was hurt. Uh, so, we're here, let me read what the transit official had to say. The top transit official, Richard Davies, said in a statement after this guy's arrest. And I'm not talk, talking about the mugger. The mugger was arrested, too. Yeah, no. Uh, this, is, this is after the, the guy that fired off the warning shot. Absolutely. Quote, I want to be clear. We don't tolerate this kind of conduct in New York City transit, period. Once again, cameras recorded a perpetrator. And we are grateful that NYPD made an arrest within hours. Thank goodness nobody was hurt here, but what occurred was outrageous, reckless, and unacceptable. I'm wondering, as a Second Amendment attorney, as a licensed firearms instructor, uh, where are we at with the guy firing off warning shots in the subway to scare the mugger? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are outraged at this, Nige. And, and, at his and, arrest? And- yeah, he's arrested. He's being prosecuted for felonies. And and listen, New York has a long history of going after law-abiding gun owners just because, um, you know, they clearly disapprove of your Second Amendment rights. I mean, hell, we yeah, their case had to go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, to even you know allow New Yorkers with any regularity to be granted a handgun license to have a gun in public, so New York is is, is as anti Second Amendment as any jurisdiction out there. Really, really uh, tough gun. Laws. Absolutely, and so a lot of people immediately react to this by going, "Oh, it's just New York being New York." At the same time, you know, I talk about warning shots. Let's talk about that in particular. I talk about warning shots in my gun law class. 
And people say, well, you know, if I'm not justified in using deadly force, I'll just fire a warning shot and that'll, you know, scare the bad guy away. Well, those bullets have to go somewhere. And, and, and there is always a concern. For instance, I've defended multiple cases here in Indiana where someone fired a warning shot when there was an aggressive dog. You know, approaching sure. them or, or threatening them or even their children, you know, fired shots into the ground or fired shots into the air. And they're, they're saying, oh, I was just trying to scare that. Dog. Well, again, that's a projectile. You've just unleashed it into the environment. It's yeah. got to come down somewhere or you fire it into the ground. It can bounce off. And you're responsible for that. And so I always tell people in my class, and, be, and, and people are always disappointed. People say, well, I'll just fire a warning <laughs> shot. And I'm like, well, let me tell you all the reasons why a warning shot is a bad idea. First and foremost, it's a bad idea because you fire a warning shot. The bad guy may have a gun too. I go, oh, you've got a gun. Uh-huh. I, better, I better get my gun out, and he's not going to fire a yeah. warning shot. He's just going to shoot you in the face. So, you know, this strategically and tactically, it's not necessarily a good move. But secondly, you can um, mail an innocent bystander. You right? could, and not because you're shooting at them, right. because the the you know in a subway, oh. that bullet's going to bounce around. Yeah. I don't care what direction you fire it; it's going to bounce around. And I can see officials saying, okay, this endangered people, and that's where reckless endangerment comes from. In Indiana, it'd be called criminal recklessness with a deadly weapon. We're talking about the same thing. So, listen, the, the guy's a hero in the sense that he stepped up and wanted to defend a woman who's getting mugged. And and that, in and of itself, um, ought to be praised, and, and, he, and he ought to be recognized as a hero that he is. At the same time, firing off shots, it sounds like it was more than one, yeah. in a crowded subway... Um, is just not a good idea and something I've counseled against for a long time. What if he would have just pointed the gun at the individual, at the mugger? Right. And again, it's <laughs> and New said, York. Hey, you better back it up. Yeah. Well, in Indiana, I'm just talking about Indiana law since I'm right. the farthest thing from a New York lawyer, but. Um, uh, in Indiana, uh, you, you're you're justified in using uh, deadly force, in fact, to prevent the commission of a forcible felony. So, if I see a, a robbery in a sense where someone's using force or the threat of force to rob someone, that's a forcible felony, and I can actually use deadly force. And if I'm justified in using deadly force, I'm certainly justified in pointing my firearm okay. at that individual. Now, if they don't have a weapon, then you're, there's there's still such a thing colloquially called a strong arm robbery. If it's still a crime, you know, where it's a felony committed through the use or threat of force, or in which there's a substantial likelihood of injury to a human being, then that's a forcible felony. You can use deadly force to interrupt it. But there's two separate issues. One is interrupting the robbery, and the separate issues endangering other people in the yeah. area, like firing off, you know, quote unquote warning shots. So you have to separate those things the out. Bottom line is one might be legal even in Indiana, and yeah. the other one might get you, you know, uh, uh, prosecuted if not convicted. This probably this guy probably going to spend some time in jail in New York. Do you think? It, I mean, it if, won't if surprise you, me. Again, I mean, I, in Indiana, I understand. It's yeah, and it's we also different. have what's called prosecutorial discretion because you know any prosecutor can look <laughs> yeah. at, at, at at a given well, situation. Why well, we're talking? About, you know, you're, yeah. you're talking thinking Marion County, aren't you? I know what I know. What you're thinking? You're thinking Marion <laughs> County, but I mean, you know, I can see in a lot of jurisdictions, um, you know, that are more supportive of Second Amendment rights of, of a, a prosecutor looking at this, saying, "Okay, technically, nobody. Well, first of all, nobody got hurt. The, you know, did you arguably endanger someone by firing off these shots? Yeah, but at the same time, nobody got hurt. You were, st- you know, you're stopping a an innocent woman from being robbed. I'm going to use my uh, prosecutorial discretion I, I to not see prosecute Alvin that Bragg case. doing that. I cannot see a, a district attorney in New York City. No, no, I, I, couldn't I couldn't agree more. That's why All I say right. in some jurisdictions, uh, yeah. they may reach a different decision. 
Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Show. Yeah, Nigel, Guy Relford filling in for Hammer. Also live in studio, Mr. Matt Bear, the traffic beast. Matt, uh, Colts and the Patriots in Germany. 9.30 a.m. kickoff time Sunday morning. Who you got? I'm going to take the Colts because like. I've been right so many times on this show this year. <laughs> um, it's uh, Yeah, I, the Colts have to beat the Patriots because the Patriots aren't any good, and that's just the way it goes. Uh, would know? it be awesome, Guy, if the Colts go into their bye week with a uh, a second win and lots of time to heal up. I yeah, think at five hundred. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, damn it, my my plan was to win the three games, start with the Saints, go into the next one, win last week at Carolina, and the next thing you know, we have a winning record <laughs> going into the bye week. Nobody does. That Saints that Saints yeah. game was a heartbreaker, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, that was such. Oh, uh, not as bad as the Browns game. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The that, officials basically the marched the ball into the end zone and said, <laughs> yeah. "Okay, game's over." I was apoplectic when that happened. Uh, uh, I've learned so much <laughs> mental health and and so many adult ways to live life. I didn't throw yeah. a thing. Didn't throw a damn thing the entire day. By the way, for those of you that don't know, Guy Relford uh, started out uh, his law career working on the helping with the Colts deal to bring them to Indianapolis in a roundabout way. Yeah, right? you weren't directly. Way. Yeah, you weren't I, I, I was a very, very young lawyer and a very small part of that team. But, uh, but yeah, I, I was involved in that. But I'll tell you, I'm also emotionally invested any time that the Colts play the Patriots because I've seen the Colts play yeah. in Foxborough. Uh, five times now. Oh, I think. Wow. You've and, like physically and, gone. Oh yeah, where I've been there in the stadium, Ooh. and and I got to tell you, people talk about you know going to Oakland to see a game, and you know, boy, you don't want to wear the opposing team's jersey. I've done that. Uh, people talk <laughs> about don't go to Cleveland, don't go to Pittsburgh. I I've done all that. Um, the the most the, the most hostile, physically hostile place I've ever been is Foxborough. Now Gillette, this was Gillette the height stadium. of the Manning era too. I mean, were you there like when Peyton Manning was quarterback? Uh, oh yeah. Was, yeah, I mean, we're talking about the AFC. Championship game, uh, and, uh, the, where uh, he was picked off three times, all by Ty Law, I yeah, think. That was um, and uh, no, I've, I've been there. I saw, saw, saw us win a Monday night game. Saw us win a Sunday night game. Uh, that was the, the Sunday night game was the awesome game where where, where Harrison had the tip back uh, in the corner of the end zone where yeah, he tipped yeah, the ball yeah. back mm-hmm. to himself. I mean, I, you know, but but you, you you walk out of there feeling like your 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 physical safety is in peril <laughs> uh, because you're a Colts fan in Foxborough. Yeah. So I'm, no I'm, I'm emotionally invested with those people. Well, and, uh, I think uh, our sister station, 107.5, the fan, their coverage starts early Sunday morning, like at about 6 or 6.30, something crazy. That'll like be that. fun. So, Matt, you sent me this thing about K-1 
ketamine and it blew my mind. I didn't even know this was a thing because you you have to have a prescription for this. It's a painkiller of some sort, but yet it's not regulated at all and people don't know much about it. Yeah, what, people don't know much about, about it. And that's when these drugs really get into the marketplace and get onto the streets. It's when people don't know much about it. But it's ketamine. And, and what it is, is it's been around since the 70s. And doctors prescribe it for pain and depression and other things. It is a prescription drug. It is Schedule 3. We just don't have a lot of information, which is why it's slowly but surely. Remember, we just went through the opiate crisis. I was going to say, what's going to replace those opiates that we're not getting anymore? Now, they're still prescribing the opiates, but now we have something else we can sell over here. So ketamine seems to be the one. That seems to be the drug that is slowly creeping its way up into the medical office, into the sales, and that's what's being prescribed right now. And it's a psychedelic, and it is a psychedelic. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 at the same time, doctors are pulling back on opioid prescriptions, severely pulling back. It, they're they're prescribing something that hasn't been entirely vetted and regulated. And you said it's been around. I don't even know how that's possible since it's been around since the seventies. Yeah, and that's the thing. Back in nineteen ninety nine, that's when they scheduled three the whole thing. They said, okay, okay. enough academy. But as I'm saying, not regulated. This is a deal where we don't have information, and the doctors are, are, are writing these things. And we're trying to get a hold of how this is exactly getting onto the street. And coming into the holidays, guys, that's what I was really worried about, is, is we're getting it's into that time street? of year. Yeah, yeah it's, it's on the street. It, exactly. It, it's just like any other opiate okay. or any other drug you can buy on the street. No it, kidding. Yeah, it, and that, that's the problem. Is it the, what about the withdrawals, man? I, I've had a schedule of, of Vicodin after my nose surgery, mm-hmm. and uh, I came down off that. I had no, you know, I didn't really know anything about withdrawals or any sort of painkiller addiction type things and i felt like i had the flu for three days and that was from taking two a day two or three a day um yeah, i can imagine a day, you know, yeah, brett Favre taking yeah. 20 a day i couldn't imagine the pain well that's what that's what up. brett Favre was addicted to was viking that's what i'm saying yeah yeah uh, absolutely. exactly do we know anything about the withdrawals symptoms when you stop taking ketamine uh you, you're going to need medical attention you're really? going to need help and, and that's, that's just crazy. like um most of the drugs you come off of like painkillers i mean I, I was hooked on opiates in my late 20s. You know, that was kind of my thing. How many a day? Um, (laughs) I mean... All right, Dad, shut off the radio. 14. <laughs> 14 a day. Okay, 14 see, day. that's what oh, I'm saying. Wow. I can imagine. I mean, I was. I didn't know what was going on. I felt like I had the flu for three days after coming off of a regimen of three or four a day after my deviated septum surgery. And it. so I understand it's not It's not because they get you high. It's because you're chasing that addiction forms when you're chasing uh, the ability not to be sick. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, that, and, that and that's the thing about uh, why we have such a problem with Oxycontin. What? It was and, ever one oh, and, and, plane clinic. And, 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 but the thing, you can't get that high anymore because you build a tolerance for it. It's just like yeah. drinking alcohol. Yep. You build the tolerance. And then when it goes away, your body's like, okay, I have some oh, things boy. to do. But it's your mind <laughs> that's like, where is that drug? And then that's when the, it feels like the alligators are biting your legs. And yeah. you get the flu. And that's when the withdrawal symptoms come in. That's what I learned so much. There was sort of a docudrama with Michael Keaton called Dope. Oh, we've been watching it. And I got to tell you, I learned so much from that. And a lot of the, you know, the underlying um, medical information was that was absolutely correct because I went and looked into it. And and what people, you know, first of all, the the drug companies hid the real data on how addictive this stuff was. Mm -hmm. They lied to doctors in order to sell as much of this stuff as possible. At one point, the largest privately owned pharmaceutical company in history, Purdue Pharmaceutical, was out pushing all of this. No association with Purdue University, by the way. And 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 what. What people
people didn't realize is not only was it addictive, but the kind of addiction that it is, that it's where it, the dope sick part comes from. You, you are in physical pain when you try to stop yep. taking this stuff. Crazy. The, 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 the drug doesn't let you stop taking it. And it's like, and, 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 the, and the, the process of getting off this stuff was so incredibly painful that a lot of people were committing suicide Ugh. rather than go through yeah, the withdrawal process. I mean, it was just unbelievable. It was so educational for me to, to, to watch all of that and then do some independent research on it. I was shocked by the whole thing. But no wonder so many people are like me. I went in, I had my motorcycle wreck. I had a couple yeah. of broken ribs and some other remember stuff. remember that. And yeah. they said, said, hey, you know, how do you feel about an opioid? And I said, oh, hell no. Good, right. No, good I, choice. Give me the Tylenol 3, man. I'm good to go. Matt Bear, where can people find you at, man? At Matt and Traffic. And we have conversation over there. And as, as we get into the holidays, guys, just take care of each other. Look out for your loved ones and be safe on the roads. Right? That's Matt Bear, the Traffic Beast. Thank you. We'll be right back. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel, Guy Relford, 2A attorney, licensed firearms instructor, filling in for Jason Hammer. We'll go straight to the hotline and bring on Tommy Pickett, strategic comms director for the RNC, and he runs uh, one of the, it's a total must follow on X Guy at RNC Research. Your Twitter account, Tommy, has been dubbed the White House's least favorite Twitter account. I can imagine how you made that, how that, how that made you feel when Politico put that out there, by the way. <laughs> well, it made us feel great. We actually framed it. And we, yeah. uh, had the whole team, we had the whole team sign it as a memorabilia, so it's up hanging in our wall right now. There you go, at RNC Research. Okay, Tommy, let's start. I'm going to start with a piece of audio here, actually, from uh, Leiden Biden here at the podium speaking at an event in Chicago yesterday. And wages are actually going up. Not just in your industry, but wages are going up. It's a fancy way of saying is median household wealth has grown by 37% since the pandemic, meaning people are better off, 37% better off. What do we think about those numbers? It seems like we this is a broken record with Joe Biden, but is that true? Well, I think broken record is a great way to describe it because it's not true. I mean, it's just nonsense. It's complete gibberish. I mean, wages are not up since Joe Biden took office. They're down 3.2%. And if you look at the real wealth of middle-class families, they've decreased on average by $33,000 in just the last year. The middle class, when you add it all up, has lost $2 trillion in real wealth in just the last year. So I don't know who's telling him this. I don't know who's telling him that widgets are up. I don't know who's telling him that real wealth is up. When in reality, both of those aren't true. And on top of that, he's not even talking about debt. The amount of debt that the American family is taking on is reaching sky-high levels over $1 trillion in credit card debt wow. for the first time ever for the American people. Uh, so I don't know why he's out there bragging about this. It's the exact opposite of what he's saying is true. Tommy, this is Guy. You know, I heard that quote from him, and, and I focused in on uh, his qualifier of since the pandemic. And so it, it sounds to me like he's focusing in on a time when, you know, there was an incredible number of, uh, of incredible percentage of Americans who simply weren't working, who were shut down, were laid off, where restaurants were closed down. And, you know, people couldn't run their businesses because the government wasn't letting them run their business. And I think they're pointing to that point in time going, aha, now that people are actually allowed. <laughs> to go to work, there's been a recovery and claiming some political credit for that. And, th- and to me, that's outrageous and, and, and completely defies common sense. Oh, well, I think that's exactly right. And I think it also betrays the fact that 
the benchmark I'm using is since Joe Biden took office. So if he's really talking about since the pandemic, he's looking to a recovery that began under the previous administration. Exactly. He's even crediting then the previous administration because I think any reasonable person when looking at economic indicators under a president should look at economic indicators under that president. I mean, I think that's pretty reasonable. Uh, and when you look at those economic indicators, real wealth going down, costs skyrocketing, interest rates up, real wealth falling, real income falling, debt skyrocketing. The balance sheet of the American family is really being hurt right now under Joe Biden. Uh, and that's nothing to brag about. You know, what also strikes me about this is when he says, oh, no, uh, median uh, household wealth is up 37 percent. It seems so tone deaf to me because he, does he really not expect that, you know, the, 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 the housewife or the couple um, who's in the grocery store and they're, and they're looking at how the, the prices have so incredibly uh, uh, escalated under the Biden administration, and a person pumping the you know gas in their car, and people seeing that not only do they have more debt, but they have less money in the bank. I mean, do, do they, people do, do they, does he really expect people to hear his message of oh no, your median wealth is up, and expect people to ignore what they see with their own eyes every day? Well, that, that's the big problem that Biden has when he says says these things just aren't true. It's that you can't hide the fact if you don't have as much money as you did a few years ago. If your dollar goes not quite as far as it did a few years ago. That's a reality that you're living with. You can't be told that that's not true because every single time you go to the grocery store, you see that it is true. And so that's why I think recent reporting, according to uh, Politico, I believe it was, Democrats are running from Bidenomics as fast as they can. And even Joe Biden admits that even he's not buying Bidenomics as an economic term. Even he doesn't really know what it means. So I think the American people aren't buying it. Joe Biden's not buying it. Nobody's buying it. And that's why his approval rating on the economy is in the tank. He really is kind of taking the Marie Antoinette approach to the ec- economy where he's saying, let them eat cake, when in reality, American families are struggling because of his wasteful spending and his economic policies. Tommy Pickett, Strategic Comms Director for the RNC here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. I was actually just, my jaw hit the floor when you said for the first time ever, total credit card debt in the U.S. topped $1 trillion. I mean, now, I, I think that's what Bidenomics is, Tommy. I think that's that, and, and yeah, hey, jobs are up. We, yeah, we're, we're People are getting more jobs. They're getting second and third jobs so they can pay for their gas and their groceries. Yeah, we've discussed this before in the sense that when you look at these job creation numbers, if someone's forced to get that second job in order to afford food, they're not in a better financial position than they were. If they're forced to get that second job because their first job is no cover, no, no longer covering their expenses, they're in a worse financial position. And for him to look at spending numbers, for him to claim that somehow everything's great, he is, like you mentioned, ignoring that debt level number. That debt level number is unsustainable, especially when you think about the fact that interest rates are at their highest levels in decades. Because that credit card debt is not just a $1 trillion number. It's the, it's the interest rate that you're paying on that credit card debt again and again. And credit card debt specifically is one of the forms of debt that has hit the soonest and the hardest by raising interest rates. It's not when you get a fixed rate mortgage on a home, interest rates doesn't necessarily affect that person. Credit card debt is very different. So we're seeing that $1 trillion credit card debt number, and that hit on American families is compounded by the fact that interest rates are surging on that debt. This is going to be a decades-long hit to the American family. It's going to be a years-long setback for people that are trying to buy a home, buy a car, get out of debt. It really is a a tragedy uh, of really historic proportion when we're looking at the way that Bidenomics is hurting the American family. Tommy, one more thing uh, before we let you go here. You had mentioned that Democrats are running away from Bidenomics. Joe Biden has even admitted he doesn't know what Bidenomics is. And uh, the fact that Democrats are running away from Joe Biden is in the polling. I mean, the New York Times 
poll out over the weekend. Democrats' heads are spinning. Uh, bad polling for bias. CNN just had a, a poll yesterday that said Trump would beat Biden in a general election by a, a slim margin. Here is I, I'm going to play another piece of audio for you real quick. Uh, somebody asking Joe Biden why he's getting beat in the uh, swing states. Why do you think it is that you're trailing Trump in all these swing state polls? Because you don't read the polls out from Denver in 10 polls. Eight of them, I'm beating them in those states. Eight of them. You guys only do two. CNN and New York Times. Check it out. Check it out. We'll get you a copy of all those other polls. Okay? I don't believe you're trailing in battleground states. No, I don't. <laughs> He's in denial, Tommy. I mean, these are polls from CNN and New York Times. He said it himself. He is in total denial. And I believe the, the, uh, the Democrats are running away from Joe Biden. They are. And another poll came out showing the exact same thing with Bloomberg and Morning Consult. So it's not, you know, it's poll after poll after poll. Maybe the same people that are telling him that he's polling well are the same people that are telling him the economy is doing great, the border is secure, and we're more respected on the world stage. I mean, it's denial after denial here from the Biden administration. And Democrats are running as fast as they can from it. But the problem is they can't run and escape from it because they voted for it. Democrats in Congress have supported yeah. this Bidenomics agenda. They supported so much of his agenda that's done so much damage to this country. So they're just as responsible as he is for the damage being done right now. So they can, they can try to run from it. They can't really uh, escape from it. And I think Democrats, that's why they're worried, because when the American people are asked about Biden on the border, on the economy, on foreign policy, uh, on energy, they vastly disapprove of the job Biden is doing. And so in order to stop that, we need to elect Republicans. And I believe in 2024, that's exactly Exactly what the American people are going to do. I know I said I'd let you go after this question. One more, just real quick one. Well, your thoughts, your uh, big picture on Manchin saying he's not going to uh, run for re-election in West Virginia. Well, like the uh, NRSC, the Senatorial Committee said, uh, we're feeling pretty good about our chances in West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I think that's that's good news uh, for the Republican candidates there, whoever the nominee is eventually going to be. Uh, I, I think ultimately, it's a testimony to the fact that. Uh, the, the Democratic Party is taken over by the farthest left yes. of the farthest extremes yes. right now. It's not the Democratic Party of 5, 10, 15, or 20 years ago. It's a party that's embraced the most destructive far left, far left instincts that it has. And I think any moderate uh, that's part of the Democratic Party is being forced out. And yep. I hope that they find a home in a Republican Party in the sense of voting Republican and getting some common sense back in there. Follow him at RNC Research. He's a must-follow on X, Strategic Comms Director for the RNC. Tommy Piggott, we'll talk to you next week. Hey, thanks for having me. Have a good weekend. Thanks, right. Tommy. It's a Hammer and Nigel show. Uh, guy Relford, the gun guy, filling in for Jason Hammer. Real quick, I, I just had a couple things uh, on your radar, uh, including this pistol brace ruling. What's what's up with that? Yeah, the, a district court judge in Texas um, has issued a ruling um, that includes a, an injunction nationwide against the ATF enforcing this thing. And what it is, and I've talked about it uh, here on your guys' show before, Nige, but this is uh, where the ATF came out and said, after for 10 years, saying that putting a pistol brace um, on your pistol, and this is just something that designed to attach to a pistol that fits over your forearm to be able to hold it steady, that that doesn't turn that into a short-barreled rifle that you then have to register with the federal government, pay $200 uh, and, uh, and, and get permission to have what's known as a short-barreled rifle. <laughs> and they said these pistol braces, for 10 years, said they don't, they don't do that. You can yeah. put them on. They're legal. 
just last year they came out and said, oh, we changed our mind. Now, if you don't uh, register these as short-barreled rifles, now we're going to put you in federal prison for 10 years. Uh, and you got to go through a registration process. And and they basically just did a 180 on what they've been saying for 10 years. And and there are millions and millions and millions. A lot of people out there you know, aren't really involved in, 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 in the firearms, um, or as in firearms enthusiasts, probably don't know this, but they're an estimated somewhere between 10 and 40 million of these things. The people have them on and their guns. just an attachment that fits on your arm yeah. and, and it connects to the gun and makes them Yeah, and people put them on, right? and yeah. on like AR-style pistols or AK-style pistols is where they're most uh, prevalent, but not by means exclusively. But what we just had is a, a, a Texas judge at the trial court level said, no, um, this is illegal. Um, it was uh, uh, not an appropriate use of regulatory authority by ATF, and and issued an injunction. And so we've had people, you know, some of these national spokespeople like Colin Noir, who's a NRA guy. He was on NRA TV a long time before NRA TV imploded. But a lot of people follow him on YouTube, and he was out there saying the rule's dead. You don't have to worry about this anymore. We're good to go. And I've got you know my social media is just blowing up with people asking me about yeah. it. And look, there's going to be an appeal from this. Yes, right. Now there's an injunction, uh, but there's going to be an, uh, an appeal from this. We'll see what the Fifth Circuit does. We'll see whether it goes up to the Supreme Court or not. So it's looking really good for these things right now, and I'd say we may even be on the home stretch of of, of getting these legalized yeah. again. But I'd be I'd be a little careful, um, a little reserved about just declaring victory and running around and publicly, uh, you know, have, possessing these in public. Or I've had several buddies who run gun shops who who said, can I start selling these again on guns and with, without having to go through the SBR registration process? And I've said, let's just hold up yeah. on that a little bit and see where we end up. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Hello, my name is Nigel. The gun guy, Guy Relford, filling in for Jason Hammer. Did you get out and do your civic duty in Hamilton County? Or no, in Boone County. You're Boone a Boone County, County resident. Hey, I'm a fellow yeah. uh, Zionsville resident. Uh, right. I sure did, of course, yeah. Early voted or uh, day of? No, I went on election day. I went, to, I went to the town hall there on Saturday. I went to town out. hall. It's easy to get to. There were virtually no lines. We were in and out. Um you know, and even though I couldn't vote to oust our our idiot mayor <laughs> Emily, Emily Styron, you know Emily Profanity Styron. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not going to see her name on Welcome to Zionsville signs in oh, the past she, four years. It's so just crude. a complete embarrassment. And and the only thing positive I can say about her is she had the good sense not to run for re-election. <laughs> yeah, um, and but, she didn't win by that wide of a margin to begin no, with. Uh, no, and as a Democrat in Boone County, you wouldn't expect her to. I was disappointed she ever got elected to begin with, but but. 
no, and and you know, and I, I hesitated because I didn't know a lot about some of the folks running, and I kind of followed your advice. I kind of you know saw who was supporting whom. Yes, and used, <laughs> you could walk just, down Main Street in Zionville yeah, and some yeah. of those radical leftists. And I'm saying, okay, I know I don't businesses. Want to that's fine. These businesses want to put you know the oh, sure. the, 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 the the trans BLM. Uh, thank you, Dr. Fauci. Signs out in front of their businesses by all means. But Absolutely, I, I think Republicans had a very good day in in Boone County and in, in Whitestown and they, they in, in Zionsville. No, they did. And uh, and you know, no, Westfield. I mean, in fact, I'm glad those people were posting all that stuff because first yeah. of all, you know, that's part of the political process. They have an absolute right under the First Amendment, and it helped me decide who not to vote for. <laughs> so it was very helpful to me. But no, I got out. And, uh, you know, and of course, like a lot of people, I was watching uh, the, the race here in Indianapolis with a lot yeah. of interest too. I just don't think Sharif set aside his his policy, the two way thing that he that he uh, surprised us all with after the primary. Um, I just don't. I never really thought he was the guy. Really, just kind of a milk toast, bland and unrelatable guy. I, it's, it's nothing, I'm trying not to be personal here, insult the guy, but I mean, and then on top of the people he surrounded himself with no. in his campaign, just talk a little bit about. I think you got into it with one of those guys, didn't you? Oh well, Mark Lubbers, uh, who is somebody described as his chief uh, strategist, um, and. He was the guy that came out and attacked me in a publication after I had said, here on this show, with you guys. And then I said, again, on my show on Saturdays, I said, you know, the day that Shreve launched the anti-Second Amendment stuff, that he basically supported all the same anti anti-firearm, anti-Second Amendment policies that Hogsett did. Um, the, you know, after he announced that, we were here and, and, and said, that's it. And he just, <laughs> no it. pun intended, shot himself in the foot. He just <laughs> alienated most of his base. It was one of the dumbest strategies I've ever, I've ever seen. And this Lubbers guy, who I had never heard of, um, was quoted in an article uh, as as Shreve's chief strategist, and then saying, "Well, Relford has no idea what, what goes on in Marion County because he lives in a gated community yeah, in that's Zionsville." Right. That's right, he said. And I, I was laughing out loud at that, going, "I don't, I have no idea what happens in Marion County. I've been part of the Marion County criminal justice system as a lawyer down here for forty years. I come down here and work, whether I'm going to court, I'm coming here to do radio. I'm in Marion County you know, every day of my life. I don't know what's going on in Marion." County. County? Are you kidding me? But that made me go look this guy up because I was trying to figure out, you know, which chief strategist, and he's the guy who thinks it's a good idea to totally alienate, you know, half of your base with his anti two A strategy. And it turns out he's the same guy who was campaign manager Luger, for right. Richard Luger <laughs> yeah. when Luger announces he was supporting the assault weapon ban, <laughs> and ultimately the NRA comes out against him and he loses a 30-year Senate seat as an incumbent. So, Shreve, one of the most, you know, one of the first moves he makes trying to run for mayor, he's going to throw millions and millions and millions of his own personal dollars at this thing, and he hires the same guy who cost Dick Luger a Senate seat after 30 years, and then adopts the same two-way strategy that got Luger beat, and somehow thought that was a good idea. I mean, I understand everybody talks about how smart he is, because he made millions and millions of dollars, and is a self-made millionaire, and I respect that, but how smart can you be and adopt that strategy? Yeah, and I, I, you know, I understand Hammer and his his whole mantra of like I'm leaving it blank. I'm not giving the Republicans any 
any oh, that's power here. That's that's my statement. Uh, you know, no. towards you know, you can't put these guys up here because what if he had one and now he's in a position of power and he's a leader in the Republican Party uh, in the biggest no. state and then you know he could for you know before too long you know maybe some of that two A stuff does get enacted. Well, I've been saying that from day one. Ed. No, no, we yeah. had to send a message that the Marion County Republicans, you don't win an election in Marion County by stabbing us in the back on the Constitution. And and if and if and if Shreve would have been more successful than he was with that strategy, it would have just encouraged more rhino strategies, you know, from quote unquote Republicans that the Marion County Republican Party continues to put up. So I was adamant about that, and people were saying, oh, you know, you're just you know in you know you're siding with hogs that you know hog, you must be on the hogs at payroll. And I laughed out loud and said, well, nobody's been more critical of Joe Hogs since before he was ever elected. That's not the point. The point is, I'm not going to allow Republicans to simply turn themselves into Democrats and win elections and think they deserve our report, our, suspo- our support as Republicans. You know, the same right. people who hold their nose and vote for somebody like Jefferson Shreve then turn around and complain about rhinos. Said, oh, well, they don't, they're not really true to conservative <laughs> principles. Such well, you knew that point. when you voted for him, but that's why we keep getting rhinos. So you got to be, at some point, you got to stand on principle. All right, let's pivot here. And I actually have an update on something we haven't done in a while COVID 19. COVID 19. Oh, I swear that I mean at this moment. There are three vaccines. China piss off. Now you've made, made the work off. We're all nervous because of COVID 19. I'm going to read you um, uh, a paragraph from an article from CBS News. I just, guy, I want you to tell me, and then I'm going to make you guess what year this is from. Okay. Quote. Even if you're fully vaccinated, there are additional precautions to consider for Thanksgiving gatherings, including wearing a mask, increased ventilation, and if weather allows, consider a meal outside. Well, that's got to be uh, 2020 or 2021, right? <laughs> no, that's that's <laughs> November 2023. Uh, telling us a CBS article telling us to eat Thanksgiving outside. They they are gonna try to scare us until the end of time, I feel like, with this thing. Now, I want you to listen to how, because this is a big report. I watched the whole thing. Um, listen to how they frame, CBS frames the actual amount of people giving getting the COVID booster. Um, and they, they're speaking with CDC director Mandy Cohen. But listen to how they frame the actual amount of people getting the COVID booster right now. Go ahead. CDC director Dr. Mandy Cohen got her COVID shot last month and acknowledged COVID vaccine uptake in the U.S. is a little slow. <laughs> I know folks want to leave COVID in the rearview mirror, but unfortunately it is still here and is still causing folks to get very sick and, and, and even die. COVID vaccine uptick is a little slow. A little Let's slow. Let's just dig down into the numbers. <laughs> we don't even have to do vaccine numbers, although I'm looking at uh, several liberal states here and their vaccine um, data. Like, you know, Washington state has, has given about 840,000 jabs through early November. Uh, that's down 30% compared to 2022. Moderna has lost 80% of its stock value compared to this time in 2021. Pfizer stock is where it is is where it was before COVID. So what is that so what's that 
saying to you then? Well, it's saying the COVID. I'm not saying it's over, but it's over, and nobody, nobody is is getting the COVID boosters. Well, what it's saying to me is the same thing it's been saying since COVID broke. Because listen, I sat right here in this chair, Nige, doing the same thing. I was filling in for Hammer. You were you sat right there in that chair, and you said. This is in 2020. You said, follow the money. It might have been late 2020, early 2020. It was after the vaccines came out. And you sat right there and said, I think it was something like there were 12 new pharmaceutical billionaires Billionaires. that had been created since COVID broke. And and it's like, follow the money. That's all they're doing. That's that's, that's what all this tells me. And, you know, we were talking earlier about, wow, how many times have you seen a a government official, you know, leave government service and then suddenly get a board? Gottlieb, yeah. Does that sound like, you know, this... Ahead of the CDC saying, "Oh no, you really need to run out and buy these boosters, <laughs> or you know, or, or get vaccinated, so the government can give these companies, you know, billions and billions of dollars." Doesn't that all have the same flavor to it? Massachusetts, over-the-top liberal state. Um, nearly all all adults were vaccinated at state in 2021. Yeah. Um, down, uh, they're only at 12 percent. They're 12% of that state's population. I mean, they nearly all all adults in Massachusetts participated in 2021. Now it's 12%. And yeah. Mandy Cohen, the CDC director I mentioned last month, even kind of inadvertently admitted that nobody's taking this thing, oh, quote, on her Twitter, like she's sitting there getting, you know, in her, in her dress, getting the jab, quote, over 7 million Americans have already gotten their updated COVID vaccine. I was proud to join the club this week. Lady, that's, Seven. A, that's, a, that's one in 50 Americans. There's 350 million Americans in this country. Yeah. We are on, we're on pace for uh, an extraordinarily low uh, a number for uh, Americans getting jabbed, and even yeah. when you see the advertisements, you know, like Travis Kelsey now, you know, does the ad of you know I'm proud to have been vaccinated. I don't know what it is, but he's he's showing tr- his yeah he's showing his band aid where he got he got he got the needle, and and. Didn't your first reaction when you see that commercial go, why? Yeah, why, why would why, you get the COVID? Why would I run out well, and he's do that the, right What now? they do, and it's pretty smart, they're Pfizer is trying to, to tie the flu vaccine in with the COVID vaccine. Oh, is that what that is about? Button. See, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. That's I usually exactly have the sound turned down when I'm watching football, so maybe that's it. Hammer <laughs> and Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is... This anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Yeah, Hammer usually gives me the stories. I tell him if they're anything or not. I'm gonna, uh, you know, turn it around on you, Guy Relford, yeah. filling in for Jason Hammer, the gun guy. Uh, we'll play. Is this anything? An Australian man claims that he survived a crocodile attack by biting the crocodile back. <laughs> he actually bit its eyelid. I love this. Here is Colin Ditherell talking about his encounter with the croc latched onto me and there was a big grab solid he shook me straight away shook me like a rag doll he took off in the water about three meters i jumped in the air and kicked him in the ribs behind the front shoulder and i managed to have a bite and then i actually missed most of what i was biting at it was all heavy head heavy bone and my teeth slipped up and i got all of the eyelids 
Ooh. And I jerked back on that and had about a second go past and he let go. <laughs> the guy bit back. <laughs> An alligator shaking him around in his words like a rag doll. It got somehow got himself into a position to bite his eyelids as is anything. Uh, well, you know what? I, I would say it's definitely something. You know, people talk about, you know, the man bites dogs story, you know, every now and then. And hell, yeah. this is man bites croc. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, so I would definitely say it's something. However, I will tell you, I spent three months in Australia. I lived in really? Australia for three months. Yeah, in Melbourne. And, uh, you know, and it's there. It's on the water, like all the population centers are really in Australia. And once you get to know the Australian people, it doesn't surprise you at all. <laughs> Which why they're awesome. I mean, I, love, I don't like their politics anymore. Because, by the way, oh, this, they were this crazy was a long time COVID. ago. They were nuts during so COVID. They're nuts about Draconian. it. And they're terrible now on gun rights. There is no Second Amendment. If you want to know what this country might look like uh, if Biden had his way and we didn't have a Second Amendment, look at Australia. But anyway, I fell in love with it at the time. I fell in love with the Australian people. Um, and you talk about men are men and women are women and all that kind of stuff. I mean, everybody's athletic. Uh, and I just fell in love with the Australian people. And the idea of an Australian guy <laughs> biting the eyelid off a croc, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds exactly right to me. You betcha. Check this out. This guy was singing a heavy metal song at a karaoke bar when he was suddenly cut off by the gray-haired DJ. You got to hear this. This old fellow was so mad about the, quote, hollering that he shut it down for the night and said he's never coming back. singing like a death metal song at the karaoke bar the uh, old gray-haired DJ cut him off and shut it down is this anything well it, it definitely is. <laughs> my, awesome. my, my first thought is well, well your first night DJ in karaoke I mean yeah. you're offended at how bad uh, <laughs> karaoke singers can be I mean my goodness I mean I you know no wonder I've never guys, seen one good karaoke not, singer in my well, life actually I have seen some where there's been like contests and people had costumes okay. and were yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. In fact, I lost a I lost a bet playing pool one night and and had to sing my first and only ever time on a karaoke stage, <laughs> and I was god awful because I can't sing to save my life. But um, but but my point in all of this is, how are you going to be a karaoke DJ if you're going <laughs> to critique the lousy singers? You're by definition not going to have any success got, like, and not make any money. Yeah, if, you're, because, if, you have, if you have an option for a death metal song, and and you're, that's what that sounds like when you sing death metal, you're hollering. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's what that's the guy people making a billion dollars a year pretty much just hollering into the microphone. All right, but, but no, that, this guy needs to uh, get a grip, and and if he's going to be a DJ uh, for karaoke, he needs to understand. Understand a lot of people are just going to suck. Real quick, I wanted to get to this, real, just real quick. Um, 
A used car salesman in New Mexico was test driving his customer's Mustang, got arrested for going 103 in a 45. Here is the officer pulling him over and arresting the salesman. You're doing 103 miles an hour in a posted 45 mile an hour zone. Do you have your driver's license, registration proof, insurance? Yes. I apologize, sir. I'm on the. I'm doing a test drive right now for the customer. I'm so sorry about that. Um, I'm on it. I'm on my job. I, I'm sorry, bro. Here's my information right here. Right now, you're under arrest for reckless driving. I apologize, sir. I'm I don't sorry. care. <laughs> Get out of the car. You're under arrest. Can I call my boss to let him know? In a little bit, but not right this moment. No. Wait, 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 wait. I apologize. Did you still arresting me? Yeah. <laughs> Is hold this on. anything? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, 105 and 103 in a 45 mile an hour zone. That's yeah. You know, that's, that's reckless impre- driving. That, that's impressive. I mean, that's going to be reckless driving. I think yeah. you know, at 25 and over, um, I think they can get you at least in Indiana for reckless driving. Um, as one who tends to look at them as speed suggestions, um, <laughs> yes. I, you know, I may have, have flouted the rules a little bit there myself. But hey, you get <laughs> caught, um, especially that much over. Yeah. You I'll just expect to get handcuffed. I love how he said, but dude, I said I'm sorry. I said I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to do a um, Ask the Gun Guy segment? Absolutely. Yeah, I love doing it. They're always a blast. Uh, Guy Relford is here. He's a Second Amendment attorney, licensed firearms instructor. If you have a question for him, call now and call quickly because the lines fill up on this. This is yeah. a very popular segment when you fill in. 239-9393. If you've got a question, uh, 2A related, gun safety related, whatever, uh, law related, 239-9393. Call now. The lines are going to fill up. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. It's Nigel, Guy Relford, 2A attorney, licensed firearms instructor, host of the Gun Guy Show, uh, filling in for Hammer. And uh, we've got a bunch of people on the line waiting to talk to you. This yeah. is Ask the Gun Guy. So I'll hand it over to you, man. Absolutely. No, I love doing this segment. Let's go right to the phone lines. And by the way, we got a whole bunch of people on hold. We're going to try to get to uh, everybody. But if you wouldn't mind keeping your questions or comments uh, concise, I would greatly appreciate it. Let's go right to the phone lines. I believe we have uh, uh, Indianapolis City County Councilor uh, Michael Paul Hart on the line. If I, uh, if I if I understood Producer Allison correctly, is that you, Councilor Hart? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is me. Oh, well, it's so nice for you to join the show. We appreciate it very much. My pleasure. Caught it at a good time. You guys happened to be on the radio while I was going to pick my kids up from school. Awesome. What, what can I do so, for yeah, you? My, 
Yeah, quick question. So, while, you know, I had the kids on the mind going to pick them up. You know, we just got through these elections. We're, we're back as Republicans in a super minority. We've got Joe Hogsett again as president or as uh, mayor, thankfully not president, as, uh, as mayor. And, you know, I just don't I'm, I'm optimistic that Indianapolis becomes safer. But, you know, if, if things keep going the way they're going, it's not going to happen. And so I'm thinking about my kids. I'm thinking about gun safety. And my kids are 13 and nine. What, what's a, what are your recommendations on teaching gun safety to kids that age? Oh, gosh. Uh, great it's, great, it's a great question. And thanks so much for calling in. Um, but, I mean, I've taught gun safety in terms of like the NRA Eddie Eagle program that just talks about stop, don't touch, leave the area, tell an adult yeah. to preschoolers. That's what I tell my kids. So, yeah. And, and it's they a great a program. Order. So you get all the way up to nine years old and then 13, you can go to that next step and start talking even about basic marksmanship, even with a nine-year-old, certainly a 13-year-old. I've had people come take my NRA basic pistol class. I once had a 12-year-old who was by far the best shot in the class. In fact, I've, I, I love this picture. I posted on my on my social media all the time. It's me down on one knee to be down on his level with my arms around him, posing up for a picture. And this, this kid's now on the Purdue rifle team. I kid you not. But anyway, um, awesome. 13, uh, I, no, full-blown marksmanship, safety, the whole thing. Nine-year-old, I think the beginning of marksmanship, where you're still right there with them, uh, maintaining control over the firearm, uh, but allowing them to get a feel for trigger, get a, get a, get a feel for sight picture, um, and, uh, and 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 more, um, and 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 certainly all the rules of gun safety, the basic rules that you know we drill into everybody, no matter what age, about keep the gun pointed in a safe direction, always keep the gun or always handle a gun as if it's loaded, always keep your finger off the trigger until you're on target, ready to shoot, always know your target and anything aligned with your target. I mean, it's never too young to start drilling those principles in, um, and I would certainly start on that with both, but then even work up through uh, gun handling and marksmanship, and and a lot of that depends on the maturity level of the child as well, and I you know I defer to you 100% on that as their parent, um, but no, it's not too early uh, by any means. Let's go back to the phone lines, and Jeff has called in. Jeff, welcome to Hammer and Nigel, man. What do you got for us? Guy, Nigel. I'm going to tell you a quick story, so I'm going to make it real quick. Sure. Hey, I'm up after golfing one day with my son in Greenwood. We're driving up 37, and we pull over because there's an older man. I'm 60 years old gun carrier for over 42 years at the time uh, and served the country. I'd I'd come up and I was like, man, he's got a buck there and it had been hit. It had been and he was trying to harvest the deer. So I'm telling them or telling him, get a hold of the sheriff, get a hold of DNR. You know, this is the way you do it. Uh, and and a truck pulls up behind us. Two guys get out of it. One guy comes up, takes a forty-five out, shoots it in the head yeah. on the D line. We're oh three feet from the deer, and he did not understand that that bullet could have hit any of us coming oh, yeah. off the deer. Could deflect off there the skull and go through and hit the pavement. There's all kinds of bad things can happen. Yeah, Good well, Lord. It, yeah, no, it's a it is an interesting story. You know, listen, I'm sure out in the country, uh, and yeah. you know, I've hit a deer before, and I'm sure part of it is you you know you don't want the deer to suffer if it's hurt very badly, and and I get it. I'm not going to criticize anybody who wants to uh, put that down, put down that deer in a humane way, and then even harvest the deer. But as you said, Jeff, there's a way to do that. You want to call local law enforcement, certainly get DNR involved, because you know you you've just uh, you're driving. Down 
down the uh, down the down the road and you've got hooves and antlers sticking out of your trunk, um, then uh, somebody could definitely pull you over and you have some 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 tough questions from law enforcement if you haven't done that the right way. So and and safety obviously is a first and foremost concern and uh, and 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 that didn't sound uh, all that safe to me depending on circumstances. Let's go back to the phone lines and we've got Jim. Jim, welcome to Hammer and Nigel. Yeah, hey guys. Hi. Hey, uh, so I travel a little bit for work. Um, they encourage us to use a pool vehicle, um, and I drive the pool vehicle home. Usually, stay the night at my house, and I leave from there to go to a hotel for a night or two, and then travel back to my house. What What, what are your thoughts on? I like to keep my sidearm or a pistol with me when I go to a hotel like that, especially out of state. Traveling in the vehicle with a pool company pool car. Uh, can I get in trouble for that, or should I stay away from that? What's your advice? Yeah, I mean, you say you're, you're going to another state. Did you mention Illinois? I'm not sure I was hearing you no. right. It's some static. No, no, no. no. Okay. no Illinois is not. No, we're, I'm, <laughs> I travel usually to uh, Michigan, you know, state of okay. Michigan. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the first thing to check, Jim, is, um, and first of all, um, I didn't ask, um, so um, I'll ask you, do, you. do you have an Indiana license to carry handgun? Yes. Okay. Well, you know, um, Michigan, Kentucky, uh, 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 Ohio all recognize the Indiana license. Um, so that's answer number one. They're actually, even in Illinois, they have what's called a safe harbor uh, provision in the Illinois law that's new. It's only been around a couple of years where you can actually drive into Illinois and possess a gun in your vehicle with an Indiana license to carry handgun, even in Illinois. Um, if you get out of the vehicle, it has to stay locked out of sight in the vehicle. Um, but but and, and frankly, I don't trust Illinois law enforcement, at least at all levels, to even understand what that law is. So the first is, is to check, do they recognize the Indiana license? They do not in Illinois, but they have that safe harbor provision. Secondly, do they have constitutional carry? Because a lot of these states now, Kentucky included, um, are passing constitutional carry, where you can even carry there without a license. Separately, though, um, you know, could you get in trouble from your employer? That's a whole separate question. Um, there, Indiana does allow your employer to say you cannot have a gun in a in the in the employer's vehicle. And if they say have a policy that says, "Hey, we're going to fire you um, if you have a gun in one of our vehicles," um, then they can do that, and and it's not illegal. There is some protection for employees under Indiana law, but that has to do with having a gun in your own vehicle on company property, as long as the gun's locked out of sight so in, if, in the employee's vehicle. So if you're it, traveling like from state to state, and even though Indiana's permitless carry, your suggestion would be to get a, a license. Well, yeah, it makes sense. And there's actually an article, if people want to look up the specifics, um, I haven't um, uh, updated this article since Florida passed constitutional carry, but on the2wayproject.com, my gun rights organization, I wrote an article um, that talks about all the states that recognize Indiana's license. There are 32 of them. Mm. Plus, there are now 25 other states that have constitutional carry. And they all recognize it now for non-residents, just like Indiana does. North Dakota used to limit constitutional carry or permitless carry only to North North Dakota residents, but they changed that uh, just last summer. So now all 25 of those states allow it for non-residents. So there are seven states that don't have constitutional carry but do recognize our license. Where's that article at? At the2wayproject.com. Guy Relford, the gun guy, filling in for Hammer. We're in the middle of uh, Ask the Gun Guy, so uh, I'll let you go ahead and uh, run the show there. If you yeah, have a question for Guy Relford, 239-9393. You bet. Let's jump right back into it. And I don't think we've talked to Roger yet. Roger, welcome to Hammer and Nigel. 
Thank you, sir. Uh, I'm a retired state police officer. Yes, sir. And, and I have tried to uh, teach my wife how to use my pistols. <laughs> and granted, uh, you know, me and one of my spring chickens, she's 72, but very physically good shape. And I'll be 72 yeah. tomorrow, I hate to say. But she doesn't have enough strength to jack one from the magazine in, into the ch- chamber. Now, yeah. she can squeeze the trigger off, no problem. So I've tried my, my revolver, my thirty eight. Well, by the time she gets it up, she can't do it with one hand. By the time she gets it's it up. It's got that long, heavy trigger pull. She's got to use two fingers on the trigger, doesn't she? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I was just wondering, what would a type of pistol could I buy her that would be safe? Because if, if she has a semi-automatic, she's got to be able to jack that uh, chamber back. Yeah, to rack the slide. Yeah. Fire. Well, they they do make some guns. I be, I believe Smith and Wesson Shield. They have an easy model uh, in three eighty that's specifically designed um, uh, for folks that may have you know some hand strength issues. But Roger and right. and 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 listen, you were a state trooper for a long time. You know uh, uh, your way right. around firearms. But even right. um, otherwise. Um, it, it, there, there are there are certain tricks to rack on the slide, even even for a, a lady in her seventies, in a sense that a lot of people want to grab the slide just on the back of the slide with just their thumb and their forefinger and just pull back with two digits, mm. and your, your your fingers want to slide off the slide. It's really I hard to do. do that. And 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 or, or for instance. Um, you know, they, 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 even if they grab it correctly by using the whole base of their hand on the left side of the slide and, and reaching over with all four fingers, they also don't use the trick, which is to not only pull back with their left hand for a right-handed shooter um, on the slide, but also to push forward on the grip at the same time you're pulling back on the slide. So you can use two hands. You're pulling back on the slide with your left, left hand, and with your grip hand, you're pushing forward on the slide with your right hand. So you're actually, instead of using two fingers, using two whole hands. So that's something to where I've shown some people the tricks on that, particularly ladies who weren't comfortable um, with uh, with a semi-automatic. They went, oh, my gosh, that's so much easier. It's like anything. It's just knowing the trick and how to do it, and people get comfortable, and they're able to do it really easily after that. But also having the right kind of gun that doesn't have a really stiff recoil spring, and they make some guns specifically um, for that uh, type of a user. Let's go back to the phone lines, and Lois has called in. I think it's Lois. Uh, no, it's Lewis. Oh, Lewis, I'm sorry, brother. I, my, my, <laughs> forgive me. You know what? Uh, Producer Allison had it exactly right in the in uh, in the in the computer. I just pronounced it wrong, so I apologize. I'm gonna have to get you for that. <laughs> <laughs> what you got for? Hey, us? Um, um, is there a procedure, if any, to follow to return a gun after uh, IMPD has? investigated the situation. IMPDs? We're talking about Marion County Property Room here, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Is there any ready to return? What's he mean, return? Like, get it to back? To get it back. Oh, we I talked wanted, about this. I want it back. Yeah. yeah we well, talked about that. Yeah. Let me tell you, I've, I've often uh, sort of made a, a somber joke that there ought to be a sign above the door in the Marion County property room that says, uh, uh, abandon all hope, ye guns that enter here. 
um, because it, it, it and, and we actually did an expose. Uh, Richard Essex at Wish TV and I right. collaborated, yeah. and about how well, we think they're even violating the law. But they right now um, they they want proof of ownership. Well, first of all, the case has to be over. Whatever the reason is why they took it in, um, that has to be over and it has to be released by the t- detective. Sometimes there's no case. Um, you could be uh, the victim of a burglary and your client your your gun got got stolen and you're because you're the victim of the crime and uh, you just want your gun back because the the case is over they don't need it as evidence anymore they're requiring proof of ownership and they want like a receipt from when you bought the gun and how many people have inherited guns (laughs) or they bought guns from private individuals there's no receipt Um, and they're demanding that and and there's been some discussion of a class action lawsuit Um, but the the procedure if this works for you is to make sure the case is over the lead detective in any criminal case associated with the seizure uh, or taking that into the evidence room um, has released the gun then go in there with with ID and proof of ownership and you might have a shot at getting that then released. We got time for another quick one? Eh, probably not. Probably not. Okay. Probably not, Travis sucks. Vance, hey, I'm so sorry. Do me a favor. Call yeah. my show on Saturday. Yeah, you're on Saturday, 5 to 7, five, right after five IU, to seven. Right? Give me a call. Same number. Give me a call, uh, and we'll get to you on my show on Saturday. Mike, too, has called in. So you guys uh, call back during my show. We'll get right to you. We'll be right back. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. And Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Hello, my name is Nigel. Guy Relford, the gun guy, filling in for Jason Hammer. Uh, later on this hour, about 5.30, one of my favorite guests, uh, Matt Boyle. He is the Breitbart Washington Bureau Chief. We're going to talk off-year elections, what happened this week, and was it the win that Democrats think it was? His answer might surprise you. Uh, and we'll, you and I may, might chat about this a little bit, Guy. I, I mean, Democrats did have a good week na- na- nationwide. I mean, Ohio, um, uh, weed and abortion were big. That's yeah. no surprise. Virginia, Virginia Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania um, yeah, Kentucky, the Trump-backed yeah. African-American um, challenger to the incumbent, the Democrat, um, was was a failure. So um, what, what do you think? What do you think happened this week? I mean, like in Indiana, I think Republicans, conservatives did well. Like, yeah, like, something I mean, like there were dozens and dozens of Republicans mayors that were elected. There, um, there, some, something like a record or something like that. There were uh, nationally, especially at the state level, 
I think Republicans are seeing the the real influence of the abortion issue, um, and so many Democrats are out there running um, on a platform of you know if you, a vote for a Republican is a vote for you know not being ever being able to get a legal abortion in, you know in this country again ever under any circumstances. I mean, and, and obviously that's silly, but they're pitching it that way, and we're going to see that in the national elections in 2024. Um, yep. And listen, um, you know I, I'm I'm pro life myself. Um, I have strong leanings in that direction. But when you look at the poll numbers and you look at the influence on elections, it's not a positive for Republicans. And when you see what happened in Virginia and in Pennsylvania, I mean, Virginia had lost complete control of the legislature to Democrats. They'd taken it back. Um, and, and, and then Youngkin control. says, Youngkin says, hey, we're going to you know restrict it even more. And, and then it, all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden, Democrats now have complete control of the legislature again. And so I, that that's something that I think ought to be concerning for Republicans going into 2024 in terms of not only what the policies ought to be, what the platform ought to be, but what the messaging is. Um, because you're even, start, you're even seeing some moderate Republicans now start to you know, kind of step um, away from the official party platform on that issue. I think that certainly Dems are reeling from recent polling that that Trump is leading Biden in the polls in many swing states. Um, And uh, Hammer and I have talked about this at length over the past week or so. And I'm wondering what you attribute that to. Um, We have our theories. I mean, economy, age, um, foreign policy, open border. I mean, these swing states, you should see Trump uh, in uh, Florida. He was speaking at, at like an, oh gosh, like a 95% Cuban heritage um, crowd there in, in South Florida. And people that have immigrated here legally, especially from Cuba and other places, see what's happening and seeing how uh, the, the border is wide open and people are just allowed to come in willy-nilly. It, it, it doesn't mean anything to be an American citizen, it seems like sometimes. So, I, I think Dems are sort of seeing those polls and saying, and and also running away from Bidenomics as well. Well, yeah, I think I think the last thing you said, Nige, is, is probably number one on my list, which is uh, Americans are seeing it you know, in the grocery store and at the gas pump uh, and in their savings account and in their credit card debt. Um, and like we talked about um, with was it Tommy Pickett, right? That, that, that says yes. uh, that said, um, listen, uh, they, they can't get away. Democrats can't get away from the devastating impact that Biden's had on this economy. At the same time, that he's embarrassed himself over and over on the foreign policy stage. I mean, look at the the catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan, and we had brave Marines murdered because we left them there, um, you know, with no real plan for an evacuation, um, and. Uh, and you know, and they're trying to get as many uh, friendlies out as they possibly can after having we clo- after having closed Bagram Air Force Base mm. and taken away all their air support. And that, now, that, now that they're, you know, and, and and the city's overrun with Taliban and these poor people there trying to do the best jobs they can. And that's on Biden. I, I, there's no other way to put that. Um, people aren't happy um, with. Uh, with with Biden on the international stage on any given any number of different issues, and then you combine that with economic issues, the poll numbers aren't going to go that direction. But I still worry when people actually walk in uh, to uh, you know to, to hit the buttons on the ballot machine. Um, one that we're going to have honest, forthright, 
and accurate yeah. counts of votes in the elections. I very much worry about that. I also worry about some of these other issues where people will say, well, you know, Joe Biden and the Democrats stink on so many different issues, but I just have a hard time going, you know, and supporting Donald Trump That's because it, yeah. of the baggage that Donald Trump brings and, with and him. And RFK Jr. in the mix is an independent yeah. siphoning votes from Trump to him could have an effect as well on the general election. It, it could. Election. And, you know, when, when he first announced, I thought, oh boy, that's going to be bad for Biden. But boy, uh, everybody yeah. you talk to and the more anybody looks and at it, looks polling. like it's, it's worse for Trump. And listen, don't get me wrong. I enthusiastically voted for Trump twice myself. <laughs> I would do so again in a minute if he was the n- nominee um, in 2024. But we also know an awful lot of folks like uh, uh, suburban women and et cetera, et cetera, still uh, have problems with Donald Trump, not for his policies, not for how the economy was doing, just for you know all those things that make him Donald Trump. And Democrats, I mean, there's more bad news for Democrats. Uh, they're spinning the Joe Manchin decision not to seek re-election, oh, yeah. all but ensures that the, the Democratic Party will lose his Senate seat next year in deep red West Virginia. Now, I, you know, I don't want to play these clips, Alice. I don't care about these clips anymore from Manchin, but it sounds like, A, he's... <laughs> I think there's some Democrats that are happy that the, certainly the squad, the left leaning, he's he's too moderate for uh, the oh, Democratic yeah. Party. But at the same time, I mean, I know that's a red state. The governor, I think, of that state. I, I heard Rob Kendall talk about how the governor is going to run for that that Senate seat now, and and that's you know going to even things out. That could have the potential to even things out in the Senate. So Democrats are reeling there as well. Um, I want to do. Bring something up, and we're going to have you guys call in about this. Tony Katz brought this story up on his show this morning. Hammer and I also have mentioned this same story. Essentially, <laughs> it's a list of 28 places you should never go on a first date. Yeah, who and are the, the list, idiots who put that list together? This, That's this, what I want to know. Well, it's, it's an absurd list, and of course, the list has gone viral. Everybody's talking about it, so... And Alice, I want you to grab a microphone here because if you if you have that list pulled up in front of you, because I don't like I do cheesecake fact. Like the list <laughs> includes places again you should not take a, a, an adult should not take an another adult on a first date. Cheesecake factory, church, bowling, family gather, sporting events. What? Um, it's such a broad range. Is there anything else? Like, is there any other ridiculous? Like some of the um, stuff on there, like chili. your house, Chipotle. <laughs> Wingstop, like, a buffet. But, but be honest, Allison. Allison <laughs> buffet, I get. Allison, if a guy asked you out on a first date, he took you to Chili's. Chili's is on the list. Well, I mean, come on, you you would probably be like, eh. I'd suggest something else. But the but the cheesecake factor, I feel like that's that's pretty high level. I mean, I that's too. that's expensive. I mean, that's a fat menu. I mean, that menu yeah. is so thick. There's so much to choose from. I do, love. Do they actually allow guys in cheesecake factory? <laughs> What's your deal is with Cheesecake Factory? I think it's a, I think it's great. <laughs> I didn't but think Tony, men were allowed in that place. But but Tony had a great idea, and thought we should go the other way with this, and um, we should do sort of a response to this negative list, and do like a piece on twenty eight places in Indy you should go on a first date. Can we do that? Oh, I like that idea. 28 places. I, I want to come up with some places. So, 2399393. I want 28 places. We're going to pi- compile this list, and I think Tony Katz is going to put it out next week. But I want to take calls next break here after um, Matt with traffic here. 
28 places to go in Indy on a first date. And, not, and not, the, not to go negative, but... but No, that you should go to. Yeah. No, no. And by the way, if somebody doesn't call right away and say gun range, I'm going to be oh, really disappointed. I'm going to say that. I'm going to be, I'm <laughs> going to be really disappointed. So 2399393, the top places in Indy you should go on a first date. Call now. We'll put you on hold. We'll come right back. Come by your train. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Guy Relford's filling in for Hammer. I'm Nigel. So just to reset here real quick, uh, Hammer and I brought this up. Tony brought this story up. Uh, this story, this 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 list that's gone viral. It's essentially, it's a list of 28 places you should never, 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 never go on a first date. And they had a bunch of stuff like bowling and family gatherings and Applebee's. But Tony had a great idea this morning. Let's put together a list of 28 places in Indy you should go. On a first date, yeah. that would be good to go on a first date. Yeah. You now, guy, you have control of the phones over I there. Do. You want to start? Yeah. You want yep. on two three nine nine three nine three? If you have an idea of where we should go on a first date in Indy. Yep. And by the way, um, we got every line full. So if you wouldn't mind, just give us your suggestion, maybe a sentence on why, but then let's. Uh, well, then we're going to get right on yeah. to the next caller. So we want to. Uh, brevity is uh, is to be desired here. Let's go right to the phone lines. We got Matt. Matt, what's your suggestion? Hey there, guys. My suggestion, I've always been a dinner and an activity kind of guy, and I like Speedway, so I like either Brozini's Pizza or uh, barbecue and bourbon, followed by some indoor carding. There you go. All right. All right. That's stellar. All right. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Let's go back to the phone lines and Mike. Mike, what do you got for us? Hello? Yeah, Mike, Mike, you're on, bro. Hey, listen, I would go, I'd make the trip over to Greenwood and go to La Trattoria Steakhouse. All right. Now, high end. That's I've nice. I've never heard of that. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Well, I no. have. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Listen. Yep. No. All right. Let's go back to the phone line. Joseph <laughs> has called. Joseph, what do you think? Uh, I would highly recommend Oakley's Bistro at 86 and Ditch. It is uh, one of the best chefs in the city, and the service is always spot on. You know what? I couldn't agree more with that. I've been to Oakley's a couple different times. The food is fabulous. Small, intimate, and uh, no, that's a great suggestion. So Oakley's greater yeah. than Chili's there Not for a first Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. No doubt. All right, Joseph, good good idea. Brother. I like Chili's, by the way. <laughs> I don't like chilies. All right, back to the phone lines. And Adam, Adam, what do you got for us? Yeah, what you got? Well, uh, Streetsburg over there in Irvington. It is, you know, just right off the beaten path. What'd you say? Absolutely fabulous. Yeah, I didn't, bird, I didn't catch that. What was the name of it? Strange Bird. Strange Bird. Irvington. Yes, okay. it's uh, it's just right off the beaten path there in Irvington. It's a little swanky uh, tiki bar, and if you really enjoy uh, a really delicious uh, mixed drink that makes Okay. Now you're not uh, you're not making a suggestion to your date that she's weird by taking her to Strange Beard, are you? <laughs> no. No, it's, I'm looking at it right here. Uh, it looks uh, like a cool place. <laughs> all right, back to the phone lines. Strange by the way, board. more people are calling. We're gonna get to as many people as we have time for. Uh, Scott, Scott, what's your idea? Uh, I got two. Uh, the Greek Isle and Lucas Drag Strip. I took a girl on a date for that. She absolutely loved it. She said it was the most fun she's ever had on a date. Wait, Lucas uh, Drag. Wait, wait. What'd you say? The Lucas Drag Strip. What's what is that? That's is that drag Lu- racing? You're kidding. Oh, no, so, Lu- so, so oh. The, an event? You took her to the drag racing so, event? So Lucas yeah. Lucas Speedway essentially. Yeah, she absolutely loved it. She's never been to a drag race. I don't think she's went to since. Yeah, that's certainly okay. unique. Right, yeah. 
Well, Scott, I, you know, my suggestion on that, or my idea, uh, is that either she didn't really want to talk to you, and she was, she was grateful for the really loud noise <laughs> of the drags going on, or or she just loved it and thought it was a great idea, and 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 made it made for a great afternoon for you. Um, let's go back to the phone lines, and, and I'm totally kidding, Scott. I'm totally kidding on that. Allison's brother. making a face like, no, yeah, I get no, no, that's I'm not, not going to drag race. <laughs> uh, Steve, what do you, what's your idea? Hey, uh, Nigel. Uh, hello, guy. Uh, I yeah. would suggest you go to the uh, free clinic and both get tested for STDs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't you think yeah. That? Yeah. Steve's a good That's time. That's the responsible I, yeah. thing to do, I uh, would say. Steve's a good yeah. time. I think I dated his daughter about 1984. <laughs> um, all right. Let's go back to the phone lines. We've got John. John, what you, what's your idea? I'm thinking Tastings Wine Bar and Bistro downtown at uh, Washington and Illinois. Oh, yeah, that's right next oh, to us here. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Either, you can either find a quiet table, or if you've got that awkward silence, you can check out all the wines. And if you want to be entertained, they got one of the best bartenders in the state. There you go. Yeah, I've been to all Tastings. Right. Yeah, my uh, wife loves that place. Yeah, no, I'm liking it. Uh, back to the phone lines. Okay, Sharon. I'm, I'm going to want to hear what Sharon has to say. Sharon, what's your idea? Yes. I, um, well, I was thinking dinner and a, a Christmas play. I'm trying to think of the name of the place out north that does it. Oh, like beef and the boards or something place? like that? Uh, yeah, I think you're talking about um, beef and boards, probably. No. Okay. Well, it's been there forever. That's a good place, though. But okay. at any rate, even if you go downtown and get dinner and then go see the Christmas story. Ah, uh, see, there you go. IRT. The, yeah, the IRT. Theater. I love IRT. Is awesome. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. That's going to the or, uh, or the theater. the um, the uh, Christmas program at uh, at Circle Theater too. Are we still calling that Hilbert Circle Theater? Or? Yeah, that, you're talking about. Um, oh God, what's it called? Where the Indianapolis like, like, Indianapolis Sandy Symphony Patty place. goes. Where yeah, Sandy yeah, yeah. Patty is like the the, the thing. Yeah, no, the absolutely. Thing. Um, right. Best hey. places in the Indy to go on a first date. Yep. That's what this and is. And we still got man. The phones are still uh, lighting up here. Nathan, what's your idea? How's it going, guys? Good, man. What's your idea? Well, I my idea, and it works. Every first date I've been on, I do this. <laughs> go to the White River next to the zoo. Go out fishing all night, baby. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. What's all right. talking about? That's yeah. <laughs> no. Hey, you know the go the, out, go fishing at the White River. Uh-oh. <laughs> Well, see, what I thought he was going to say is is go for a stroll along. Uh, along sure, that's what I thought. The canal, or along the like. canal, yeah. and maybe even see the zoo. That's kind of fun because you can talk. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was trying to to salvage that one, but yeah, I don't uh, know. I don't think there's any recovery yeah. from that. And there. you know, fishing may not be a great idea depending on uh, the date. I'll, although I have known women that that would be a fabulous <laughs> idea. Um, but you think anything I can't take home and grill? Uh, yeah. then it, you know, then, yeah. then that that takes a big divot out of that. All right. No, about a minute left here. Okay. All right, Joe, what you got for us? Yeah. Uh, anywhere to eat on Mass Ave. Yeah. What the oh, big yeah. thing is, you can take a stroll. We go, I like to go to Bakersfield, get some tacos. But then, I like the eagle, uh, the uh, fried chicken there. Oh, yeah, yeah, the eagle is yeah. fabulous with the hot honey. Yeah. Aha. Yeah. Oh, it's great. But here's the, here's the kicker. You go to Pennant Beach Candle Company. You got to have reservations. 
and it works every time. They love it. It works every time. Allison, do you agree with that? Yeah, what, yeah, that's just, a good idea. Yeah, you, it's a candle making thing, and you pick out your scent, and it's it's actually kind of fun. Okay, there you that's go. You were idea. getting big head nods from Allison there. <laughs> great idea. All right, yeah, time yeah. for one more. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I one I more. I, I don't think we've talked to Doug. Doug, what's your idea? Doug. I like uh, the eight second saloon. They got a big dance floor, and especially on nights when they have a country. Concert. Hey, look, if All you're right. into that thing, country line dancing, sure. Yeah, yeah, if you know your date is. is well, but is see, that's the point, Nigel. And this is what this whole survey thing is missing was how about get to know somebody? How about talk exactly. to them? Find out what they would like. Because there could be a, a the best list ever of don't ever do this, but if that's what they're into, then they'd have a great time. If they're time. into guns, yeah, like hey. you said, like the gun guy said. Absolutely. Uh, the gun range, first date. I love it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. My All wife right. and I still go there, and it's very romantic. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Uh, Guy Relford filling in for Jason Hammer. Go straight to the hotline and bring on Breitbart Washington Bureau Chief Matthew Boyle. One of the best, if not the best. Matt, let's get right to it. Did the Dems win big in this week's off-year election? Certainly there was success in Kentucky and Ohio and Virginia and Pennsylvania. But is there anything Republicans are missing here? Well, look, I think that the Demo- obviously the Democrats won, right? Like, they won the governor's race in, in Kentucky. They won uh, the, the state legislature in in uh, Virginia. And they obviously won the Pennsylvania Supreme Court race. But if you think about it, it's not as big of a win as the Democrats and the media are making it out to be, I don't think. And Because uh, here's the deal. Uh, 2023 in review, if you look back at the big, bigger, broader picture. So, yeah, you had Election Day on Tuesday, uh, but a few weeks earlier, you had in Louisiana, the Republicans won a landslide blowout election uh, where they flipped the governor's mansion from Democrat control to Republican control without even having to go to a runoff, which everybody was kind of expecting. And people were shocked that Jeff Landry, the Republican uh, candidate, won uh, without a runoff. So that's that's the first step. Uh, Then the second thing is the two governor's elections that we had on Tuesday, you had Mississippi, where Republican Governor Tate Reeves won re-election, and then Kentucky, where Democrats Democrat Governor Andy Bashir won re-election, so the two incumbents won in those two places. Uh, and then in Virginia, of course, you had the state legislature races. The Democrats already controlled the state Senate. Yeah. As for the state House of Delegates, the Republicans had a two-seat majority with six vacancies. It was 48-46 going into the election, so their majority was basically just due to vacancies that existed there. And then the Democrats, uh, you know, I mean, at the end of this whole thing, I don't know the exact count of it, but I think it's like 51 or 52 seats they got in the end. 
again. So they go to from a two seat Republican majority to a, a three or four seat uh, Democrat majority. It's not that impressive of a flip of a mm-hmm. legislative chamber. Uh, and then, of course, in Pennsylvania, you've got the the uh, that was a Democrat held seat on the state Supreme Court. The Democrats held it right. So the, the only thing that changes in America is the state House of Delegates in Virginia flipped hands from Democrat uh, from Republican to Democrat, and and it was barely Republican. It's barely Democrat now. So the idea that this was like a huge win for the Democrats, I think they're overplaying their hands, and I think that overconfidence could hurt them going into next year. Uh, seeing how things will shake out in you know battleground states, uh, you know like a Pennsylvania, uh, like a Wisconsin, like a, a Michigan, like a Nevada, an Arizona, Georgia, uh, I think will be really important. And the polls are not looking good for the Democrats, and for particularly for Joe Biden at this point. So I do think they're overplaying their hand a little bit. Uh, but you know, don't downplay the possibility. You know, the, the fact that they did flip one half of one state legislature on the ballot uh, this week. And didn't they? Didn't Democrats like severely outspend Republicans? Is that going to be able to hold up next year? Yeah, so that's another part of this story is that the Democrats spent uh, – I don't have the exact figures in front of me right now, but it's something like two to one nationally or close to that, three to two in some of these races. Like, So, for instance, in Kentucky, for them to win the governor's mansion, they had to spend nearly $20 more million than uh, the Republicans did in back in Daniel Cameron. They only won by five. Right, wow. so they can't spend twenty million more than uh, Republicans in states like Kentucky. They can't do that in places like Wisconsin or Pennsylvania. They spent significantly more, I think $4 million more in Pennsylvania. I think they spent quite a bit more in Virginia. So, again, we're talking about like two to one, three to two margins more spending for Democrats in this 2023 election, and they barely, barely won, right? Like, so it was really, really close. So, I don't think they're going to have that spending advantage next year. We'll see how Republicans do in terms of being able to raise money and whatnot. Uh, obviously, you've got President Trump, who's probably going to be the top of the ticket for the Republicans, and then you're going to have um, you know, the, the the new House majority led by Speaker Mike Johnson now, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and that there are questions as to how he will do fundraising. And then obviously, as for Senate races, you're uh, seeing Steve Daines leading that effort for the Senate Republicans and things are looking good. But the, the question is, is will the Republicans be able to, you know, level that edge a little bit? And if they could get a little bit closer, then they can cut into the Democrats' advantage. One of the things I'm seeing conservatives freak out about, and we're speaking with uh, Matt Boyle, Washington bureau chief for Breitbart, is what happened in Ohio? Uh, abortion and weed win big in Ohio. I don't think anybody's. I, I'm certainly not shocked by it, but Republicans and conservatives are saying, "Oh, no, we have to back off abortion. We have to. This is not the right messaging. We can't just start shoving these these anti-abortion laws down people's throats." Is that really? Is that a main concern for Republicans going into next year's elections? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So, look, uh, there's no surprise that abortion is a motivator for the left. There's no doubt about that. We knew that going into uh, this week and going into this year, uh, especially after the 2022 midterms and the, the collapse of Roe versus Wade, the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Look, the Republicans need to figure out their answer to this, right? So, I don't know if a federal answer is the answer. We spent the last no. 50 years since yeah. Roe versus Wade talking about how this is a states' rights issue, right? So, I I think that you saw 
little bit of this in the Republican presidential debate earlier in the week and also in Trump's rally where they're all kind of sorting out how are we going to talk about this? How are we going to deal with this? How are we going? What's our answer going to be? And if the Republicans can figure it out and sort it out and actually get a credible answer together, then I do think that they can overcome the disadvantages that they have on this issue. But they need to be serious about it. They need to think this stuff through. They need to figure out how they're going to talk about it. And they need to take the weapons away and disarm the Democrats on this front. Um, The Democrats are going to continue, and and they are going to try to get this on the ballot in as many places as they possibly can next year. They are going to try to turn every election into a ballot referendum on abortion. How Republicans answer that is going to determine their their fate moving forward. Are you on the um, the get rid of Ronna McDaniel train, um, the RNC chair? Uh, that's another big I, I criticism. I certainly know a lot of people who are, uh, and I definitely sympathize with a lot of the people out there that want to see her gone. Uh, I don't know if I would, like, first of all, I've never really called for anybody's resignation yeah. before. I don't know. Um, but as for, uh, you know, I mean, look, again, the way I just laid out about like, yes. the, yep. the, the elections, I don't think it was as big a win for the Democrats as people were making it out to be, and yep. I don't know if that's the reason why. If there's somebody better that can do the job, been great like so i would love to see that that happen and that discussion happen uh, but you know and i think it's healthy for the party to continue having these talks and figuring out what the answers are on a lot of this stuff um i also think uh and while i disagree with their decision to have another debate they scheduled one yeah, uh, megan kelly the uh, moderator right yeah, yeah and news nation right like right, which, yes uh, I, I understand their reasoning for doing it which is generally speaking i think that they want to control the process and keep all these other also rands beside Trump from going out there and doing a million interview interviews slash debates and forums or whatever with that are moderated by a willing establishment media that would like to destroy the Republican Party and conservative movement. Uh, so the RNC gets to have a hand on the wheel. And it's also worth noting, they picked News Nation, which I don't know if anybody has ever watched that channel ever. Uh, so the, 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 the ratings will be abysmal. We know that. And also it's an hour plus from any airport, right? Like, so it's in Tuscaloosa. Oh, yeah. So it's not easy for the reporters in the national media to just drop in and do a flyby and attack the Republicans and pop on the plane that night or the next morning on their way out. They have to actually plan a trip there, and it has to take a three- or four-day commitment for uh, national media figures to go. So I think it's all, uh, a little bit of an interesting play. I think they're just trying to let this whole thing peer out uh, so that way we, hmm. once we get to the Iowa caucuses in New Hampshire, South Carolina primaries will eventually get to the place where Trump is the presumptive nominee, and you know we can get on with our lives and focus on the general election. Yeah, and I just—I mean, I got to ask you this week's debate. Uh, we're speaking with the Breitbart Washington bureau chief uh, Matthew Boyle. Matt, um, I mean, these debates—I mean, it was the best out of the three so far, I thought. But I just—and um, I like. Look, I like the fake. I like—I like Ramaswamy's getting a lot of crap. He was throwing a lot of bombs there on stage. I thought it was funny when it went after Welker and Lester Holt and. And Nikki Haley back and forth, but I find myself walking away from these things thinking I, I'm not sure the point of it all at this because it's Trump and then it's everybody else. 
Yeah, look, uh, I mean, look, they're all trying to break out. They're all trying to have their breakout moment. I agree with you. I think Vivek Ramaswamy had the biggest debate night. Again, I think he won the first two as well. Yep. Um, though I do think Burgum did pretty well in yep. the second debate. Um, uh, and it's a shame to not see him on the stage on this one. Uh, but, I, I again, I, it seems to me like the party is just trying to, like, you know, okay, guys, you can have your chance, right? Here's your chance. But they're letting the whole thing peter out and fizzle out uh, because they know where things are going, just like the rest of us. And the um, the the fact is, is that I do think Vivek's stuff is really connecting with people, and I think his future is very bright. As for the other people on the stage, I don't know about that. We'll see. And but definitely not Chris is, Christie. I don't know what that guy's doing on stage. Although yeah, I was arguing I with somebody the other day. Chris Christie says that, you know, how is Trump going to run a campaign from a courtroom? I'm like... I don't know that Trump needs to run a campaign from anywhere. I mean, first of all, Joe Biden won 2020 uh, from his basement. I, I don't know the ins and the outs of the log- logistics of Donald Trump navigating uh, uh, felony charges and uh, indictments and things like that. But um, how do you see here in the last two minutes of this conversation, how do you see Trump's uh, quote unquote campaign going next year, having to navigate all the different things that are going on with him? Well, look, I mean, President Trump has done it already this year, right? Like, so look, he was in court on... Uh, Monday, and then later that night, he was doing teletown hall rallies with uh, Tay Reeves and Daniel Cameron, right? Like, and you know, obviously Tay Reeves won, Daniel Cameron lost. But the the point is, is that um, I mean, you know, and then in the, later in the week, he's doing rallies yep. in Hialeah in Miami. So I think that you know, you've seen how he would do this. We live in a first off, Trump has an inherent advantage, and it's very similar to like an incumbent president in that he has his own airplane, right? Like, and he yeah. uh, he can get anywhere in the country very quickly. Uh, and uh, he has enormous amounts of personal resources. So uh, that stuff goes all in his favor. And then in addition to that, I just think that in the 21st century, obviously with uh, you know social media and television and all the different media outlets that you have, I think that it, the president uh, has uh, you know yep. demonstrated his ability to command the narrative. There so, he is. Epic as, al- Epic as always, my friend. Breitbart, Washington Bureau Chief, Matt Boyle. Find him at Breitbart.com. I read your work all the time, my man, and you have a great weekend, okay? All right. Thank you, sir. Right now! Cameron and Nigel present oh, oh, oh. Uh, Beer Sample! Fry. Yeah! I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down, get you some. Yeah, we're brought to you by Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus. Proud sponsors of Beer Sample Friday, the segment of the show Guy Relford has been waiting for. He's really is really the only reason he agrees to come down and fill in when Hammer I got on Fridays it, it, is because he requests Fridays because of Beer Sample Friday. It is a strange coincidence that most of the time I fill in for one of you guys, <laughs> it, it happens to be Friday. Well, here you go, man. Uh, take that. I wonder if you've seen that before. What are you looking at there? Daredevil Indie. Yeah. Daredevil Indie Premium Lager. Yeah, I usually drink Daredevil. They got my favorite local IPA that I drink is is Liftoff, but now they got this lager. I don't know if it's new or it's it's just called. It says Indie Premium Lager from Daredevil Speedway uh, Brewing. Now, just in a general sense, if you had to choose without knowing anything else between an IPA and a lager, what would you choose? Uh, I, you know, it depends. Like after I just get done mowing the grass and yeah, on a ninety okay. degree day, I'm going for a lager for sure. Yeah, because it's lighter. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. absolutely. IPAs, but with a meal. Yeah, I'll probably go for it. Yeah. Go. Well, I don't know. I, I think I could do a lager with a meal, too. Oh, yeah. Well, I do because I don't want to get full. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, all right. Cracky's open, buddy. And, yeah. uh,. Happy birthday to the Marines yeah, today. Yeah, uh, 248. And thank you to uh, all our veterans. Veterans Day tomorrow on the uh, November 11th. Here is to you, everybody that served and is or serving right now. Here, cheers, cheers to you, my friend. Absolutely. Cheers. 93 WIBC. It's a Hammer Nigel show. And 